It's Wednesday, everybody. That means a brand new episode of O Jeremiah Talks. Yes. I've missed you. I missed you this week. There, I said it. You were thinking it. I was thinking it. I just said it. But now we're back. We have a great episode of the podcast this week. I'm very excited. We have um, a great conversation about Cobra Kai. Yes. If, you, uh, if you're on Netflix, you've probably seen it already. It is 80s delightful nostalgia. I hope, uh, I hope that if you haven't been convinced and you're like not willing to make the plunge, I hope this podcast gets you over the edge. We also talk about um, our first show of Pandemic. Holy cow, musicians that can finally play a show. Can you believe it? it, it we're playing a socially distanced uh, college show outside that we're very excited about, and we talk a lot about it. And then we talk about kind of our takeaways from the Emmys. So a lot of fun. Uh, I love this episode a whole lot. If you want more stuff like this, we have a Patreon. Go to ojeremiahtalks.com and just just sign up. We've got um, a podcast tier for more content on that front, and then we have a music tier, which is more like unreleased kind of stuff. Ah, All that. Okay, so let's do it. Oh, Jeremiah talks about Cobra Kai. Hiya! I want it to be you talking on the intro. I want to get together. Yeah. We're live, babe. What? We're live. Shoot. That's how quick it was. Okay. I was going to... Um I'm posting about it on Instagram as we speak. Okay. And I thought it would be funny if I did an Instagram story with just a karate jacket, like a really tiny karate jacket, and just be like, hint. I love that. Should I do that? I think you should. Okay, go and warm them up while I get that lit. Okay, let's get that lit. Let's get that lit up. You hear so that I, window noise? Yeah. So we... Is living it in up? A, living, I don't know yet. I feel like anytime anyone in the parking lot starts talking it's going to get picked up and probably halfway into this podcast you're going to hear a lot of hammering a lot of uh yelling and that's because when you live in an apartment you have no say so whenever a group of strangers gets to walk in and just start hammering and changing all your windows this has been like a month ordeal and today uh they finally finished so they would they would legitimately come in I had all these plans today. I woke up early to accomplish everything I needed to do, but still somehow uh, they get to come in and just change all of our windows. So here's what I also did. I went to a plant shop this weekend. Kofers is a local Athens plant shop that I love. You know that. I know that about you. Um, And they had bonsai trees, and that is funny. So I posted a picture of that and the karate I love that. Jacket. Um. But I think our landlord, like every time we talk to her, it feels like we're she's talking to someone, like another human for the first time. Because I said, hey, do you think maybe you should give your like residents a heads up whenever their apartment is going to get demolished? And uh, she was like, I mean, how am I supposed to know when they're coming in? <laughs> I know. Do you remember the last apartment we lived in? I lived there by myself for a little while. And... It was like a duplex and there's like a ginormous tree in like right out my front door. And they apparently the roots were like so big and growing so fast that it was like starting to pick up the concrete of like the walkway into the apartment. And so I remember one day I went to go pay rent and they were like, hey, like they're going to dig up that tree. 
And I was like, uh, when? And they're like, I don't know. Probably like now. And I was like, okay. Well, it was like six months later. I'd forgotten about it. And I woke up to limbs falling all around me. Yeah, And I like looked out the window and I was like, what the heck is happening? Yeah. And we, uh, we got the, so the, the first time they started pulling the windows out of the walls, I checked my phone and we just got an email. Hey guys, sorry for the late notice, but you're going to get windows today. It was like, and like, Oh cool, cool, cool. Thanks. Uh, that would have been great. Uh, literally any any earlier than whenever you sent it, but but they finished the window installation today, or they still have one that they're kind of working. I will on. say, and it is worth amazing. the wait. I know my mom was like, "Oh, is this going to make you want to stay in your apartment longer?" And I was like, "Probably not." But it's definitely way better. We've been through so much here, babe. Do you know, like ne- by next July, when our lease is up, that will have been five years. That's the longest I've ever lived in. An- Hold on, that is the longest I've ever lived in a place. Other than my household, uh, my, my home growing up. Yeah. I would Isn't that say, crazy? N- yeah, that is, th- for you, that is, because we've, we've been through it. I remember, oh, I have like legitimate, like wounds, like scar tissue built up my heart, like scar tissue <laughs> on my heart from the roach infestation we oh, had. Sorry. Okay, cool. You, I don't, great. Do you not want to talk about that? I hate that story. I know, but it's so annoying. I can't believe Well, we... that's how far we've come because... Why did we not move out? Well, aren't you glad we didn't because now we have windows? Well, I know, but <laughs> it's the thing that it's given me hope for is that if we don't have enough money to buy a decent house, we can get a crap house and even a simple window installation five years down the road will feel like gold. Needles. Yeah, <laughs> I would say uh, we should we should get a, buy a haunted house but put brand new windows in it. Sure. No, I mean like that's I, like the coolest I'm saying flex. like little approve, improvements over time will feel as exciting as the new windows did in this crap apartment. Yeah, and I like so we have a brick apartment, and they came in and they they spray painted it essentially with a pressure washer. They did one coat, so it was red brick, and they did one coat of white, and then they changed the windows. I don't get why they did that. I don't. It, it looks like we live in a haunted motel. Mm. Okay. I feel like. Okay. Yeah. Fair. But uh, now when you're inside the apartment, it's nice because we don't have to look at the haunted motel. Yeah. We get to look out from inside. I feel fresh. It's also, if you live in Athens, you know that the weather went from kind of annoyingly hot. Not too bad, though. We never really had. I don't think we had a super hot summer. This was the mildest summer in my recollection. So mild. But then now we definitely hit fall. Um, today, tomorrow is the first day of fall. So ha- yeah. if you're listening to this today, it's Wednesday and it's already the happy fall. Happy fall. You did it. Let me. Um, you did it. Yep. Okay. So I want to talk about uh, first our first show of COVID-19. So our last show was February 28th, I think. Is that right? Correct me. Um, that date is not correct. Is it not? Was it 22nd? It was in the 20s. I would have to look. Okay. What, that has been, that's how long it's been since we've performed in a live setting. Right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Besides a wedding. We played at a wedding, yeah. But we played four songs. Or actually, we played four halves of songs because it was the reception. But ceremony. this is our first show, ceremony. This is the first show we've played. We were playing a college show um, in Mississippi. And uh, I'm very excited. How do you feel? I feel good, I think. 
it's crazy to not play a show for like quite a few months and then it's like a two hour set. So like endurance is going to be interesting to see. Endurance is going to be tough. It's going to be outside and everybody's going to be six feet apart because it's a like a welcome back to this college show. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be from what I know of those, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be really fun for me and you on stage. Like, like in real time, remembering. I I think we're going to talk to each other a lot. I think so, too. I don't know how much it's going to feel like back in the old days when we could play all the time. It's going to be like a lot of commenting in real time from you and I, I would Jeremiah, say. Jeremiah, you know what we forgot? What? And we've done it two weeks in a row. What? The feelings wheel. Oh, oh give me your feelings wheel on it. Come no, on. I have to guess how you're feeling. Okay, go ahead. Um, you feel hopeful for the show this weekend. That's like getting you through the week, but you're a little agitated right now because your day didn't go as planned and you're kind of worried that you're not going to get to do all the recording on your new song this week that you want to have accomplished before we leave. Yes. I have a lot of tension. In Is that my, accurate? Yes. In my body wheel. That's what we <laughs> call the heart where I come from. Sure. Um, I have a lot of tension in my heart because my biggest pet peeve is when I feel like I don't have a say-so in what my life looks like. I know. And that manifests itself every day that... Um, plans that my get changed. That plans get... It's not that... Because I, I love spontaneity. I love fun things. But whenever the plans that get changed feel like shackles on my feet, yeah, that is like my, my least favorite thing. Like if the plans get changed to an upgrade, you're all about it. Oh, 100%. Like but if, if I woke like... up and, and I was just like, man, I'm going to eat these eggs and then I'm going to go and do a push-up. And then someone comes out and they're like, just kidding. You're getting your favorite brunch and we're going on a four-mile run. Like that is like an upgrade. Very That's weird really that funny. that was my example. Yeah. Um. But, like, I love spontaneity, but whenever, like, today specifically was very planned because I was trying to outsmart the day so where I could still, you like, can't do it. you can't do it. Like, I woke up, I did everything I needed to do just so we could do this podcast and then I could still record and all these other things. And then the next thing you know, there's, like, a group of six men trying to tear out the, the windows in our apartment. So that, that to me... But then you didn't know it would be an upgrade until now we're sitting in the bask of the open windows in the studio and it's and, like, and I'm just And I'm just feeling very wispy and, and nice. Wispy? Wispy. If I had hair, it'd be it'd be blowing a little bit right now. Um, You only know that because I tell you what it's like whenever you blast a fan in my face at night. Yep. One that, time I tried to give him an... I tried to put hair on his face and show him what it was like to have your bangs I'm too aerodynamic now to worry eyes. about wispiness. Okay, okay. You're slick. Um, I am very slick. Okay, guess my feelings? Well, I'm not done with my feelings just yet. Good night. But I will say, <laughs> seven on the Enneagram, the fuel for me to get through a Monday is knowing that at the end of the week, I get to play a show for the first time yeah. in six months. And that's why I brought it up, is because it has to do with this particular topic, mm -hmm. where I knew it did. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to feel like, we're back, baby. I don't think I'm going to like cry. That was the weirdest way anyone yeah, has ever I know, said sorry, baby. that was very weird. Baby, <laughs> baby. <laughs> no. But it it is going to be enough to remember that this has to end at some point. I feel like half of our set is going to low-key turn into a podcast. I'm into it. And what if we like get through half of our set and we're like, oh shoot, it's been two and a half hours. It's been two and a half hours. <laughs> why, why did we talk about all that stuff the whole time? Are there 
are they feeding us? Because you know I like super care about that. No, I know you super care. Uh, I'm going to be totally honest. I'm not sure. I should have checked in the email, but don't worry. I'll follow up. Uh, yeah. Oh, and this is Noodle's trip. Noodle's first trip. Yeah, so. You know, we had a trip planned with her bef- during, was it March or February, where we were supposed to go and do our Southeast run. And remember, she was going to come with us. And yep. that was going to be our first weekend with Noodle's on the road. That got canceled because of COVID, so now it's our first weekend with Noodles on the Road. Luckily, it's just one show. We're staying in a hotel two nights, and if you know anything about me, you know that I love a good hotel stay. Oh my gosh, you love it. I, I get really excited about it. They um are comping one of the nights, and so that just, I'm just, and I feel like hotels have to be super clean with COVID, right? Should I be nervous? Uh, I So here's my theology on COVID. Uh, buckle up, everybody. Uh <laughs> I think that everyone deserves a chance to to be safe well in order to keep their business afloat, right? Like, I think, I feel like everyone deserves a shot to prove that they can handle COVID. Okay. And I think of all the industries that should know they, they have to be the most careful would be the hotel industry and yeah. airlines. Sure. So. Because of travel, yeah. And yeah. I, we're... I'm stoked about the hotel. <laughs> Granted, we're still going to bring in because a ton of Clorox, and we're going to clean the whole place ourselves. That's but, a great idea. Yeah. Noodles also might destroy it, so we might have to just end up comping the room. <laughs> so, yeah, we may use all of the money from the show to pay for the room that she freaks out and destroys. Here's the thing. The only thing Noodles has ever done destructive, only ever, even whenever... Like, Noodles does not chew on shoes. She doesn't chew on anything that you, unless you present it to her. As Except her own butt when she's itchy. Okay, okay. That's weird to <laughs> She say. looked at me She looked at you like, what the... But no, she is such a good dog. Like, she's awesome. But one time, at the beginning of having her, we left her. We leave her in our bedroom so that she feels kind of, like, safe. And, like, we try to block out as much outside noise as we can because she gets really anxious. If she had access to the whole apartment, she'd just be pacing back and forth to the door. And I just don't want, like, the main door, and I don't want her to do that. So, but we have carpet in the bedrooms. And she tried to dig her way out to get to us. And we're a little bit afraid that in the hotel she's going to try to dig her way out. Yeah. But, you know, those doors are more, like, suctioned. Like, there's not really, like, like like a... There's like a strip to seal it. Right. And so maybe she won't think that she can get out. How dope would it be yeah. if we're playing, she's in the hotel, we're playing our show. And she knows how to change the channel? No, oh. not even that. We're playing, we're mid-song, and this chick just comes running down the aisle. She gets, she escapes, she digs through the hotel, finds her way to us in the middle of our set. That would be the dopest. Babe, that would be so sad if she tried. What a journey. The but hotel what she, is like nine miles away from the venue. One time we went to a church softball game and I took <laughs> I took noodles and I walked her uh, down to like one of the fields so she could like play and go to the bathroom or whatever. Because she likes to be off leash. And I took her off the leash thinking she was fine because like she saw you and she was like, okay, well, Aaron's good here. We're just going to go walk. I'm going to play in this field. I took her off the leash. She looked at me and she was like, idiot, and then took off. And she found me. And she found you. And it was like... I, I don't know, it was like 300 yards, she bolted, and I was just a terrified dude, and then I, when I finally got back to you, you were just holding her, and it was, so like, she has that in her. To find me. To find you. What are your feelings, Well, Sorry, that was a tangent. You remember you're supposed to guess. Oh, you are feeling very good, because there's nothing in this world you like better than nesting, 
And the windows. Why do feel, I like that so much? I don't know. Windows feel like nesting. And you woke up, and I also feel like you like feeling productive, and this feels like you accomplished something. <gasps> oh my goodness, you're so right. I know. I'm great. At, I'm great at this. Game. I've had a headache through all of this, and I've just been like, everything is great. Yeah. <laughs> Because these windows are, are, are giving you, yes. making you feel like, like whenever you think back, whenever it's like Thursday and you're like, what have I done this week? And you're like, windows, <laughs> it's, what, it's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I didn't even take part in any of the installation. You didn't, but you cheered them on and you protected windows. So what does that say about me? That you're perfect in every way. Sure. I'm literally fighting a migraine and I'm just like smiling like everything I is know. just the What's best I know. What's funny thing is ever. the only thing keeping you from having a legitimate meltdown are these windows. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. Because usually Mondays are kind of a slow day for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm. <gasps> go ahead. Oh, no. I'm too. UGA is doing... Um, so usually not during COVID, I try to go to like a few recitals that they do mm -hmm. in their um, music department. And I was like, well, I guess I won't be able to go to any. I took a few of my students to an orchestra performance in February. And I'm so glad I did that because that was one of, one of my goals this year. And I'm so glad we were yeah. able to go to a live performance. Uh, but now they're doing like live streaming of their stuff and I didn't know if they'd do that or not. So I'm tuning into a master's violin recital this afternoon and I'm pretty excited about that. That sounds amazing. Cause I've been practicing violin more and I just feel like way more confident in my playing. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Cause do you remember at the beginning of like several months ago with our podcast, you kind of challenged me to like practice more. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I've done that. Yeah. And I, I would feel say good that, about that. I would that. say so. Yeah. And I got better at piano. Think about how much better practicing is going to be with the windows open. I know, right? Right. But also, oh, man, I just want a real piano. Yeah, we can't have that, though. Sorry. Okay. So anyway. Next uh, week on the apartment upgrades, we get a <laughs> piano. <laughs> uh, so this weekend at our show, I'm going to try to convince you to let us debut the new song that I'm working on this week because I like to, because I'm starting recording the song. You put it on the list, so. Yeah. Uh, in COVID, I'm trying to make our next record remotely in a lot of ways. And I usually, we play a whole record live before I ever record it. Yeah. And it's going to be really hard to do that in this season. So uh, I'm starting tracking the new song next week with mm -hmm. a drummer. And I got, dude, I got I to gotta make sure that it's, it feels good live. Yeah, dude. So this will, yeah, bruh. <laughs> so this will be uh, our only chance to try it. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not even ready. They're not even ready. Okay, We're so really I, thankful this, for this show. Let me just say that. Yeah, I, I'm very thankful because the identity crisis that came with COVID. <laughs> Remember, you, you thought that was social media, though? I thought it was social media. I th no, I th you, it was. It definitely had a lot to do with it. And now I feel like it's going to be a brief window, <laughs> pun, into no, just of, a throwback. Not yeah, a throwback. No, no, no. It's punny. Um, just a brief window of like, hey, remember who you are. Remember that this has to end some way you, or another. Um, but also, something you pointed out. <laughs> this proved that I can go six months and still be sane, which was before we even talked yeah, about this. It was like my a, worst nightmare. I know. And this became a crash course in how to not identify with music. Yeah. <laughs> So I've, I'm good. Like I shaved my face. You know, that game of like, I hope you blank, like, and you really go for it. Yeah. 
I hope that... That was the worst explanation of a game that none of these people know about. Okay, so here's what you do. <laughs> you have to know the person pretty well so that you're not crazy offensive. But my friend Bryson kind of taught us this game. I don't even know if it's an actual game. But if you're really bored specifically on a road trip, you just start saying things of like, I hope, and then something incredibly specific, potentially hurtful to the other person. So here's the thing. It's, the goal is to be more silly than hurtful. Yeah, but sometimes it gets hurtful in a funny way. Um, but I hope that Saturday's the day of the show. Yep. I hope that you wake up Saturday morning and you are absolutely convinced that you have to go to the show in full feathers. In full feathers. Like a just, suit of feathers? Yeah, you're just like, where is an Elton John shop nearby? Because mm. I, if I don't I show up I would rock like this, that outfit. I would love I hope every that you're second of that outfit. And then during the whole show, you're just thinking, man, where's a feather suit when you need one? <sighs> man, where can I get an access to a feather suit? I remember... You I was in give show... an I hope to me? Yeah, yeah. I hope... Wait... Really well, take it I was seriously. In, Show I was them how to show, play the game. I was in show choir. Yeah. Whenever I was in the eighth grade. And we did a, I don't know if it was like a soul show. I don't even remember what the show was. If you're not familiar, show choir is basically glee, but with dancing. And you're also in the eighth grade and miserable. Um, mm-hmm. But our outfits were tie-dye belt with white bell bottoms. And there was rainbow fringe. That's all I remember. Yeah. And then I was in a pop punk band called Idiot Box. And for one of our first shows we came out wearing our show choir outfits because we were all show choir kids. Oh, my goodness. And if you can believe it, no one enjoyed it. (laughs) Great. So I hope... Really play the game well. I'm going to play the game well. Uh, I hope that every time we start a song, (laughs) you think I'm playing it in the wrong key. (laughs) So you try to adjust, but you're the one that's wrong. I love that. I love that kind of so thing. So we tr- we start happy now, and instead of yum, 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 you go yum, 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 yum. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hope. Whew. Whew. Okay. That'd be good. Do you want to talk about Cobra Kai? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word, and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. My favorite thing is when you get a new show. Mm-hmm. Actually, everything is my favorite thing. That is such a lie that I just said. That's you my start thing. a lot of sentences I know. with that. I love when you get a new show that gives you that new show feeling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like you're one episode in and you're like, oh my gosh, you know we ain't stopping on episode one. Cobra Kai. Wow. I already have our next show picked out. What's our next show? Pin 15. Oh. The middle school show on Hulu. Wow, that is not a good pitch for me. What is what is so? I don't know. Just I've gotten a lot of ads for it, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm ready. Okay, Cobra Kai. We made fun of it so much, so much. But then we couldn't stop watching, and then it went to a whole new level of television. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the what? time we were watching Ricky and the Flash on an airplane. Stop. And Aaron, I was not watching it. Because I was reading a book or something. Oh, I wasn't watching it because I was reading a book. <laughs> so I, was I was writing my ha- was seventh reading, haiku of the day. I was reading John Steinbeck. Oh, uh, sh- so, Aaron so, was watching. So Rick, Aaron was watching Ricky and the Flash with headphones on, and every Why now and then you, she would. Well, of lean course, in, I was watching it with headphones. She would lean into me 
describing how lame it was, but she was talking a little too loud because she was wearing headphones. So you come and you're like, this show is stupid. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then you were just like laughing at how absurd it was. And I would, I would kind of tune into what was on screen and I could tell it was really cheesy. And then I looked over to tell you something and you were bawling your eyes out. Which I just, that's what it reminds me of. Because Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai got me. I cried at the last episode, I think. So, right? yes, it is a, it is picking up on the story of the Karate Kid movies from the 80s. Which I didn't super watch. Well, I watched all I watched, of them as, like, as a kid. Yeah. And we watched them, like, whenever there was a substitute teacher, for some reason, at Powers that's Elementary. so weird. Yeah. We only um, watched Remember the Titans. I remember my first talent show. Uh, in first grade, there was a kid named Andrew, and he was my best friend. And we were in whatever class in first grade. It's, I don't know, home ec or whatever. And uh, teachers came by each classroom, and they said, hey, we're doing a talent show, so think of what your talent would be. And someone asked, like, what's a talent? And she, she was like, well, um, if you can sing, if you can dance, if you, I don't know, if you can do karate. And me and Andrew looked at each other and we were like, we can do karate. <laughs> what are you serious? <laughs> yes. And I was like, yeah, we can do karate. Oh, me and Andrew, so sign cute. us up. We're going to do karate. That's so cute. But you had to audition to do the talent show. Oh, no. Which was great for them because this would have been, and I'm, it's great for us too because it would have been humiliating. Wait, did y'all really come up with something? No, we didn't even have a plan. <laughs> That's so cute. That's so cute. So. <laughs> That's so sweet. So we went to the audition and we didn't like, I didn't even have his phone number. We had no way to plan anything. So y'all literally just went to the audition and we're like, never mind. No, no. We legitimately had convinced ourselves <laughs> that we could do <laughs> We had convinced ourselves that we could do perfect karate, and Just neither in one your of heads. neither one of us had ever even stood like stepped foot in a dojo, right? Um, and then and we go into the audition. They were like, "Okay, well, Andrew, Jeremy, we're really excited about this karate. Right. Uh, start whenever you're ready." And we looked at each other, nodded. <laughs> <laughs> what did you wear? I wore jeans and a t-shirt. Right. And uh. <laughs> I, I nodded to him and he nodded back and we just started punching each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cute. And we were convinced that we were going to win. Like, I remember it like being like, that was a great audition. <laughs> and then what I got the part, do? mom. <laughs> then what did you do after that? And then after that. Did you that, tell your mom? Like, was it an after school thing? No, uh, no, it was during school. Yeah. I, and part of me, in in my memory now, I'm wondering if we were just trying to get out of class. But all of the teachers, it was like a three-panel judge thing yeah. to pass auditions. They all looked at each other, and the one in the middle was like, well, that's not karate. <laughs> <laughs> and we walked out, and then uh, we didn't we didn't win. We didn't get to perform at the talent show. Can which I just announce really quick something? Yeah. I've been a judge at a talent show a couple of times. Okay. And let me just say that that is one of my favorite activities. Oh, sure. If anyone needs a judge. Call you up. I would love to volunteer Call for that opportunity. Up. I love it that. It is so fun. I judge one after, um, really shortly after. Wait, was that? 
Frozen, the first one came out. Oh, and, like I so this, many yeah. kids did let it go. Yeah. Who was rough? We had a few karate kids. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. baton. So, fun so, fact I did baton as a kid. I remember. For one year. No, six months. And then they said, the next thing we're going to learn is how to toss it up in the air, turn around, and catch it. And then I dropped out of class. Yeah. I went to the a- fear of being pelted in the head by a baton stick. Um, Got me out, but I was in the Christmas parade. I was in I was in marching band when I was at uh, in a junior college, and I played in the pit. And there was a uh, a fire twirler, and sure. she threw it up, and then it fell on her face, like she like went to catch it and went through her hand, and hit, the fire fell on her face. And then, <sighs> then she won the karate contest. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, let's get back to the show. Okay, so Cobra Kai, it's a continuation of the story. Of the 80s Karate Kid movies. And it has all of the original actors in the show. Yeah. So it go Karate Kid, who is Daniel's son, as Mr. Miyagi calls him. Yeah, uh, Mr. Miyagi isn't in it because he, he passed away. But Johnny, who is the bad guy from the Karate Kid, they do a really good job switching the roles of Johnny is the main character. And what do you mean? It, like... In the in the movies, it was all Daniel. He was the main focus. He was the main focus. And I feel like it's pretty parallel, but I feel like it leads you to root for Johnny more. At least at, I do. At first, it didn't. I think I even asked you, like, who are they trying to get you to root for? But whenever you get to the end of season two, or just even just as you watch both seasons... It does an awesome job of just showing you, which is something I'm coming to believe, is that... All of us have good and bad in us. Yes. And I think it's like, it it does such a good job of showing you, of like kind of breaking down why people are the way they are. Yep. Um, Having understanding for each other, how just because you forgive someone for something one time doesn't mean that every mistake they make after is going to be easier to forgive. Right. And just... The relationship, I found myself, like, making fun of it, and then by the time we finished season two, I was, like, having conversations with you about the psychology of each character. Yeah. And I was, like... And we were, like, grieving that it was over. Mm-hmm. So... I was bummed. What, one of the reasons we were making fun of it, it is unapologetically cheesy. Yeah. And I think it's by design, because the 80s... Mo- the 80s as a whole was a cheesy era of entertainment mm-hmm. and art, um, but, and I think it was two, two reasons it's like unapologetically cheesy. One, that was the era in which the movie happened. So they're like continuing that vibe mm-hmm. and it's like for the sake of nostalgia, it's cheesy. Yeah. But they the, did a great job of it. They that. did a great yeah. job of it. The other reason I think that it's unapologetically cheesy is most of the people in the show did not have a fruitful career in acting. This is like them coming back to the field and they're like, haven't been practicing and they like, got like all the original people. Yeah, like there's this one scene uh, in season two where Johnny goes back to see his old karate buddies, and I looked it up. It's the same people from the movie. Crazy. And there's no reason they did. They had to get all those people. They could have gotten better actors, but instead they wanted the same people to yeah. come back after all this time. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and their acting is terrible, but it that's fine. Because the movie's acting was terrible because they were all child actors or whatever. Yeah. But something that I also want to talk about. So 
it happened one time genuinely, and then I it became a running joke. So the, the there's not really a title sequence, is there? No, it just has Cobra Kai come up in the it's like a cold open type thing right and, and it'll then, be like a dramatic moment and then it'll just say cobra kai okay and then you finish the episode and it has the emblem the emblem of cobra kai come up yeah okay so i wasn't really paying attention to the first few episodes to that but then around episode five the emblem came up and i was like that was the longest introduction to a show I've ever seen. Or that was the longest cold open I've ever seen. Right. And that was just the end of the and episode. And I genuinely thought it was. And Jeremiah was like, no, that's just the end of the episode. So then it became a running joke. Every like, time an every episode time ends, happened, we're like, wow, that was like, an even longer intro. I was like, that intro was juicy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just, I, I've never seen a show where they do the emblem at the end. Right? Yes. Yeah. So if it, watch it, please someone watch it that way and tell me that it doesn't feel like an introduction. The thing I like about the show is it feels like from a storytelling aspect, it feels just pick. It is perfect as far as like, it just feels like a masterclass in storytelling. They do. Yeah. They do a great job of revealing facts about all the characters. The, there's not like an ounce of fat on the bone to me. Because like every story has an opening, a middle, and then it, they close the loop on every part of the show. Mm-hmm. Like there are things that happen where I'm like, oh, I wish they wouldn't have taken that direction or whatever. But from a storytelling standpoint, it's just like, oh, they didn't add anything just f- to like be cool or whatever. Like everything yeah. has a purpose. Yeah. And I think it's it that's such a gift in shows. The other thing is like in a movie, you have an hour and a half to tell a whole story that you can't show how a character gets from A to B. But in this one, you have a hard time thinking anyone's an enemy because you're like, oh, no wonder he's so mad. No wonder he drinks so much. Like, you get to put all these pieces together because instead of an hour and a half, you have eight episodes to build mm-hmm. an arc or whatever. And, like, coming from growing up where I grew up, like, toxic masculinity is a real thing. And I feel like that's the main theme of the whole show. Yeah, I, I think it's a theme for sure of just, like, how to where it comes from, how to navigate it. And I think the most beautiful part is the the teaching moments of it. Yeah. Because he's never shamed for not speaking correctly. Right. He is just taught by this kid that's learning from him. And they learn things from each other, and it's just like a really sweet thing. Yes. So there's a lot of elements of like father-son uh, dynamics are a big part of the show. Um, like young love is a big part of the show. Marriage. Mar- yeah, yeah. how to keep a marriage going. Forgiveness. Um, what does success really look like? Is reven- a big part of or like doing things for the right reason. Yeah. It's like, a, a, what, like what's your motivation behind things? Yeah. Because the thing, the thing I forget is that because whenever you pointed it out, Will Smith is an executive producer of the show because every episode it says executive producer Will Smith. And you're yeah, like, I noticed what the that one day and I was do? like, hold on a second. And then yeah. I remembered they tried to reboot Karate Kid with Jaden Smith, his son, and Jackie Chan as Mr. Miyagi. And it was like a shot-for-shot remake, but like a newer version of Karate Kid. How many of those were made? Just Just one, one? I think. Did it not go well? I remember enjoying it. I don't remember a lot about it. I just remember that it was like a hipper version of it. And the wax on, there was like, it wasn't wax on, wax off, but it was Mm -hmm. something similar to whenever he did it. Everybody was like, I see what you did. But oh. this one's really cool because it gets to be right on the nose. Super. And it's like, it's what you want as an audience, but it's also like, 
it reminds you how good those movies were, and it reminds you just like how good the show is all on its own. Yeah. Because I know you were saying that you didn't watch the the movies, or if you did, like you don't remember like a ton about them. And it has some flashbacks to the movies, but it's good in its own right. But I appreciated the flashbacks. Yeah, because even if you didn't at like first, the Karate Kid, like, you liked the eighties at some point. Yeah, and at first the flashbacks were like kind of silly, but then I was like, oh no, this is cool. I and I think I've only seen the original, but it it was only like it just did not appeal to me as a kid. So yeah. I only watched it like one. My dad, I think, liked it. I will say season two's finale. That's that's as far as you can get right now because insane. Well, the other thing about the show that I really really like is that it was supposed to be YouTube TV because they were trying to get like a streaming service going. Oh, and Cobra Kai was like their anchor show. It was like, see YouTube TV, we have Cobra Kai, and then YouTube TV didn't take off, I, I guess, um, and then Netflix got the rights to it. So now Netflix is going to carry oh. the story forward. So the show came out in 2018. But Netflix just got it. That's why we just watched it for the first time. Really? Okay. Because we didn't have YouTube TV. And then it switches over to Netflix, and now it's like a huge hit. So mm-hmm. it was like number one show in the country as soon as Netflix got it. Yeah. it was all, And it's the same show. Mm-hmm. I just love the the culture of streaming. Is It's basically like, how do you get on a platform that will get seen by the most people? Because it's not just because the show's good or bad, because it's the same show. Yeah. But... Uh, the season two finale is incredible. Yeah, I think they had a lot of fun filming that. Yeah, there's like a ten minute fight sequence, and it, it like the storytelling is incredible. Like the story never suffers because of like cheesy fight sequences. Yeah, it's just always good. Yeah. So Cobra Kai, big big Cobra big big Kai. fans. Cobra Kai. All right, let's talk about the Emmys. Girl, mm-hmm. your show mm-hmm. swept. swept. I mean, clean, swept there's not a speck up. of dust on this floor because Shit's Creek cleaned it all up. I know. They just gobbled it up. Can I ask you a question? I don't know if you know this. So, the mom and dad of the show. Yeah. Eugene Levy and, um, oh my goodness, Moira. I forget her name. I'll look it up. Um. <clears throat> Why were they considered the lead actor and actress whenever the Alexis and her brother were considered supporting? Because wouldn't they? They I all think, felt lead. I so okay. Is it an age thing? No. So Catherine, Catherine O'Hara. O'Hara. Yeah. So here's my understanding of it. Annie Murphy and Daniel Levy. There yes. Okay. Uh, here's my understanding of it. You submit. To the Emmys to like, see what you're up for. Oh, like the show does. That. Yes. Okay. I would imagine that the show, since it was the last season of the show, mm-hmm. they probably did not want to put all of their actors up against each other when there was a chance they could all win. Oh. So I imagine there was a conversation of, hey, why don't we let the parents go for lead? Let's go have the kids go for supporting and see if we can just take all the awards. And they took all the awards. They freaking did it. First Canadian show in history to do that. Really? Yeah. And writer, Daniel Levy got a writer award. He got a director award. Yep. Didn't it get... It it got best comedy. Best comedy. Yeah. So I... And that may be totally wrong, but I've listened to podcasts talk about the you know, the strategy or not the strategy, but just like the systems of getting in those award shows. Right. And it would make way more sense to, Hey, why don't we all 
rise together instead of like after making the show for seven years or whatever, right here at the end, compete against each other. That's so risky, you know, because can you imagine if like one of them didn't win? Of course, yeah. <laughs> but I watched, um, I didn't, I hate that we didn't tune in live. I really hate that. I tried. Did you? I did. I couldn't find it. Okay. I couldn't because we don't have a streaming service that does oh, it. Oh, man. I hate that we didn't do that. Um, but I went back and watched some acceptance speeches today. And, oh, man, Annie Murphy was so genuinely surprised and stoked. It was so sweet. And Daniel Levy was just, like, so pumped for her. Yeah. Wow. David. I love- That's not how you say it. How you you say never it? really watched I've seen, I've seen, like, seven episodes. And I and I really enjoyed it after like the sixth episode. I know it would be a show that I would fall in love with, and I'm not against watching the show by any means. Um, I think it for some reason it feels like your show. Like it feels like if I would if you came home and I was watching Shit's Creek, I feel like I would have to owe you an explanation. <laughs> like no. I, no, and I know that that's probably like all built up in my head, but like it feels like your show to me. I wish what I wish we would have watched it together. Yeah, but. I binged it so fast, though. Yeah. So fast. That's what was cool about Cobra Kai is that it was like the cheese factor of it made it very, like, digestible, I guess, we where we in a steady pace because we would just be like, let's just watch two episodes and then we'll do the next. Well, the- it's also our tastes are so different on shows. It's hard for you and I to be on the same wavelength. I think we agree with what's good, but yeah. I'm moved by different things than you, I think, because our, our favorite movies and stuff would be different. Yeah, and I'm worried because Emmy's, like, your show won and my show won because my show of the last two years has been Succession. Succession. That is, like, my favorite show. Watchmen. Watchmen did great, too, which because, is great. Uh, it was limited series. She won Best Actress in a Drama. She was so good. And, Holy cow, she was so good. And I... I've only seen a couple of those episodes, but I can totally see. Yeah, she was so good. But Succession, to me, is one of those shows where you're like, when did TV get this good? Mm-hmm. Because it it's like just old mob movie level good. And it's like really dark, and it's really slow burning, but it's wonderful. And you told me that we would try to tackle that show together. So... You've already seen it. Would you appreciate it again? Oh, I've been dying to watch it again because I know there's so much I missed. Really? Yeah. Is I've, it going to be scary? It's not scary. It's just like, it's a slow burner in that like every every season builds to like these big moments and it just feels more like real life than like, you know, Marvel or the Mandalorian or whatever, where it's like pew, pew, pew. It's just like, oh, this, <laughs> this family hates each other. Mm. Like that kind of thing. Just like deep rooted stuff. Deep rooted. It's like inspired on like Wall Street and just like big business. And it's set in like 2012, which is far enough in the past yeah. to where it feels now, but it's still obviously like a little dated a on little purpose. Dated, yeah. I yeah. like that. It also sounds like it has like all of the characters have a big backstory, and I'm a sucker for that. You love that. Uh, I did see on the Emmys that uh, there was a mini Friends reunion. I all, saw it. All the girls from Friends were on there. I saw it. I didn't like it. It was cool to see them together, but I they hang out all they hang out together all the time. So it's like how many friends reunions is it? And they like made it like a 
like they all lived together like it was like a joke yeah i didn't i wasn't particularly moved by it it was cool to see them together but i wasn't like freaking out yeah i I was like mildly to moderately addicted to friends in high school so like i have a soft spot in my heart for that but i just i feel Hmm. like every time there is a big tv event there's like is there going to be a friends reunion and it's just like okay yeah we remember the show like we got it so did they just all tune in live to, because uh, the host was um, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, and I guess they just all figured out how to set up because like the whole cast of Shit's Creek was together. I'm sure it is like that know. level of live streaming is like through the roof. Mm-hmm. I, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've I tried to watch some of the videos. It stresses me out so bad. Like yeah, trying they... to watch them be funny and mm-hmm. they can't because jokes don't land over the internet. Mm-hmm. Like that's why you and I stopped doing live streams. It's like y- magic cannot make it through the wires of the internet. Like the soul of the performance just can't make it through. They had, um, I watched the clip of Annie Murphy receiving her supporting actress award and they had like a UPS worker, um, like announce her as the winner and so what they did is they they I guess pre-recorded this UPS guy that you know he just said like a really kind message about being thankful for those that have like supported him during this time blah 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 and he's like I'm really excited to announce the nominees and then they had like a pre-recorded thing of going through all the nominees Mm. and then it flashed to him and he announced the winner, as you saw a live feed of all of the nominees, mm-hmm. and then it just panned to Annie Murphy's screen, um, with her cast and everything. Another thing is, I forget that SNL cast members can be nominated. So, Kate McKinnon was up for SNL wins supporting. like every year, yeah, really, yeah. I mean, I, like, I think there's even a category, it's like best sketch show or something, and it wins like every year, yeah. I, I didn't know it could be nominated for like, like Kate McKinnon being nominated for supporting actress in a comedy. So like I didn't. It just seems like it's on a different category. But then again, like there's nothing specifically for it. So yeah, and I think back to the like the election process of like how do you get up for an Emmy? It's like I think there's like one specific performance that they use mm-hmm. to decide. Because I remember when Robin Williams won for Goodwill Hunting it showed the park bench scene. And I remember being like, how could anybody win compared to Robin Williams at that scene? Mm-hmm. So I think they, it's like you put your best foot forward and it was probably like a, a Hillary Clinton sketch or something that they yeah. used for her to like mm-hmm. compete. Or, uh, yeah. I, I forgot what it was, but they, you know, Marvelous Miss Maisel, the mom of that show. And then, uh, Miss Maisel's manager, Alex, I forget her last name. Um, they were both up for supporting actress in a in a comedy, and I thought that was cool. But then they did the opposite of what Shit's Creek did, and that they nominated them together. But they were, in my mind, those are one hundred percent supporting actresses, as opposed to I was confused about Annie Murphy actually being a supporting. Well, also role. Rachel Brosnahan was up for best actress. Yeah. So, and there's no way they were going to beat her. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love... But now I get that a little bit better now. I do love that I get as excited for the Emmys as I used to get excited about the Oscars now. Well, I didn't... I totally missed it. I, and I guess it's because in my mind, I thought like... 
because of COVID, we wouldn't have these things. But I'm like, oh, no, like, I think the Oscars are a legitimate scare of, like, what are we going to do? Yeah, and I think it's because, like, Oscars, they legitimately can't release the movies. So, yeah, I don't know. I think for me, I knew it was happening, but I knew that it was going to be a lot of uh, live stream, and I'm just not here for it. Like I just don't, I just don't get you motivated get by that. Yeah. I, I would tune in. I I would have tuned in if I could. Yeah. I, I just totally didn't know about it. Well, what are you into this week, my sweet love? What am I? Mm. I already talk about the cleaning podcast a lot. Um, what am I? I don't think I'm watching it. I haven't been reading anything lately. I've just been not in the mood up for it. Uh, Can I tell you what I'm into? What you think? Yeah. So, uh, Jack Antonoff has—he's uh, the producer behind a lot of Taylor Swift stuff. He's the mastermind behind the band Bleachers, which is a band I really, really love. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did an interview. Um, I want to make sure I get the the title of it right. Um, Pinsado's place on YouTube. I think that's how they say it. It's it's Jack Antonoff and two other uh, a mega producer and then a mega mixer. Mm-hmm. And he just talks about the love and joy of making music. Mm-hmm. And in a season where I've been so pessimistic about music, it was so life-giving to me. Because Jack Antonoff is one of my heroes. And he talked a lot about how music right now is just so loud and so like cramped up and like overproduced. And he says that like that's like a cyclical thing. Like we're just like, I want every instrument and every idea on this song and how then we get fatigued with that. And then we have this desire for like bare bones performances or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he talked a lot about we're in, we're nearing that level of, Hey, can we just like quit throwing everything at a song and just let the song be the song? Yeah. And that's really exciting to me. Uh, and he recommended uh, Fleetwood Mac as a, as the, like the timeless, example of songs that will always be great songs or whatever Mm -hmm. so that interview is really good it's like an hour and 15 minutes long and it is really really great jack antonoff is and he talks about his love of taylor swift he talks about his love of the chicks and he's just he has worked with everyone that i love and he does a really great job making it seem effortless but also making it seem like he works harder than anyone on planet earth yeah so jack antonoff is the man to me that's what i'm into this week i love one of we, that's one of my favorite memories in Athens is seeing Bleachers live. It was fun. So fun. With no, like unashamedly just a fun time. And my friend Casey was there and she was pregnant. Do you remember that? Oh, was she pregnant then? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was funny. It was a great um, time. Okay, I just realized. So we're playing for another wedding in October and they just sent us the list of songs. We're playing the reception for this one and they, they're allowed to rec- suggest or... Um, request my bad any song up to like 20 songs that they want us to like learn because we already have a pretty big catalog of what we can play yeah and so they sent us like 10 and awesome list of music I'm actually like really excited to dive into it kind of lol'd it playing uh they want us to play shallow from <laughs> Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper singing shallow a star is born. from a star is born and here's the thing if you have not seen a star is born I'm not, I'm yeah, watch it if you want to, if that's your thing. It's sad, but it's also incredibly well done. I really enjoyed it. Um if you listen to Shallow out of context, it's like, what the heck? But whenever you see it in the movie, it's like pretty powerful. Yeah. But the song that 
if you don't want to watch the movie and you're like, that doesn't interest me, I still think that people, I highly recommend that you search the song Always Remember Us This Way by Lady Gaga because I think that is a beautiful song. And they want us, they want me to play that at the reception. And I'm like so excited to get to play that. Yeah. So I, if you're like, hey, you're right. I haven't seen Stars Born and I, and that seems like it's for me. Awesome. Watch it. You're going to cry your ass out and you're going to like it. And also, uh, always remember us this way mm-hmm. is one of my favorite moments in the movie. Same. But even without context, on its own. It's perfect. It's, it's awesome. Because they so, also had amazing writers for that movie. Yeah. Like, like I think Jason she helped Isbell, write that one too. Jason yeah. Isbell has a song. Like, uh, I think Chris Stapleton does. I may be wrong about that one. But a like, lot of writers. But A lot of so great good. writers on that movie. But yeah, if you're like, hey, that movie's not for me. That sounds cheeseball. Then just, just spend three and a half minutes to listen to that song. Great verses um, and a chorus that, you beautiful. know, like you're walking around and you're like, why does that song always get stuck in my head? Every... T- like the, the the line in that song that gets stuck in my head probably like once a month since it came out is when the sun goes down. I just that's the song. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That part though gets stuck in my head all the time. It's beautiful, and it I really enjoy the way Lady Gaga plays the piano. Yeah, I wish I really wish I liked her music. I it reminds me of the show Dave. Like I wish I liked Lil Dicky's music. I. Yeah, there are a few songs of hers that I really enjoy, but for the most part, I just want to hear her singing some classics. Her version of Levan Rose, also in the movie, is beautiful too. You love that. Um, I love that song in general. But okay, I'll stop. Uh, no, no, that's, that's we'll a good... report back next week probably with the show. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll talk about Succession if we get started. Yeah, hoping fingers crossed it doesn't rain. Because or get canceled or uh, or or uh, because do you think it'll get canceled? Well, if it rains because it's an outdoor socially distant show, poop. Yeah, so maybe we're just in going to Mississippi to stay in a hotel. Kind of nervous, pumped to report back how Noodles does. Do you want to bring our webcam so we can watch her? Yeah, we have a Noodles webcam, babe. I think that actually might be wise. Okay. Okay, I'm really hungry. I gotta go. I love you. Love you.